1: Welcome to Kicked Back, a home for football fans that want to stay up to date on everything going on in the football world. Join Caroline, Liam, and some special guests along the way as they talk about all the trending news around leagues, players, teams, and much more. Now, all you got to do is get comfortable and kick back because we're about to get started. Episode nine, everyone. What's up? You're watching Kicked Back. Liam, Caroline here with you. Liam, what's poppin'?
0: A lot. I know, I, <laughs> a lot is popping. We had a full fixture list on Tuesday and Wednesday. Honestly, and then one more game today: Manchester United right. versus Leicester. So that's a big game, just for both teams, really, because United keep momentum going, get three in a row, and Leicester, you know, get a win. So I, like, I, so Brett on the Sunday League pundits was like, "Oh, Leicester's going to get rallied. I said, "No." Okay so and he didn't say this year he said to the next five years so I'm kind of banking on them getting a win just to okay. get that off me a little bit
1: well but I'm hoping we'll that we see Casemiro today and Anthony yes. so I'm curious to see how United comes out also what's going to go on with Ronaldo because we know that even if he isn't on the pitch we're talking about him more than anyone yeah I just love <laughs> me not being a United fan makes me love the drama around it and I wouldn't mind seeing Leicester take a W
0: I was thinking that too actually is like because I, I was looking at the bad nuts and you United are the, I think that, yeah, United are the favorites, Leicester are the underdogs. And I was like, oh, you know what? Like, maybe home game, primetime game, really, yeah. with no other games going on. Like, maybe this is Leicester's time to push through. We'll see. They, they need it big time. This almost feels like um, what United felt like going into the Liverpool game, a little yeah. bit like it's like a needed win, but we'll know. Month. Now on Tuesday, I guess when we talk again. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I can't wait. And like you said, the last two days, there's been just so many football matches, which is of course the best ever. But yesterday, I was trying to decide which Premier League game I wanted to watch, and I started with um, with the Arsenal game. And then when I kept getting these notifications to my phone that Holland was scoring, I'm like. I need to switch the channel because this guy might have back-to-back hat-tricks which he indeed did have so I want to welcome everyone to an Erling Holland math class right now because in 19 minutes he scored a hat-trick against Crystal Palace. In 23 minutes he scored a hat-trick against Nottingham Forest. He had six goals in one hour, nine goals in five games in the Premier League and he's making the best league in the world look slightly amateur right now, Liam.
0: Yeah, so there was another (laughs) stat too. He's the first Premier League player to score seven goals in August. I
1: mean, come on. And
0: he, he now boasted that to nine because he's got two more in the game and he's just... You know what? The thing I, I wrote in my notes about him was he just goes the easiest goals. You know, like, and it's not... It's not disrespect to him, but he's just putting himself in the perfect position.
1: Which to me is almost more respect because yeah. he's an efficient footballer. You work smarter, not harder.
0: It's like the joke we spoke about last week where he's like, oh, he only had eight touches against whoever it was the other day, Bournemouth, I think it might have been. And he's like, yeah, but he got an assist and like he did his job. And it's just like, you don't need to touch So If he, he made, I believe the first goal he scored yesterday was his, his only, second touch of the game because he might have done the kickoff.
1: Which honestly, crazy. If, if I'm a, if I'm Pep, I'm like, that, that to me is, is, I mean, I want a player who does that. I'd yeah. rather have a player who doesn't touch the ball as much, but can turn it around to a goal as opposed to a player who has all these incredible touches on the ball, but can't translate it to a goal. Mm-hmm. So that stat for Holland, I know a lot of people laugh about how many touches he has in a game, but the guy's converting it to a goal.
0: Yeah. So just looking here is averaging 21 passes per game and he's probably we have four or five games in whatever it is and nine goals that's kind of hilarious isn't it just, I, uh, what are we doing here
1: honestly <laughs> and one of my favorite parts about him is he scores so many different kinds of goals mm-hmm. he gets up for a header he can shoot the ball he can slot the ball he he bodies people off the ball yeah he gets rebounds i mean this guy's an absolute complete striker and it Cracks me up that when people said he was coming into the prem, they're like, he's not going to do well because he's not built for this league. To me, he's 100% built for this league and he's 100% built for a team like City. I don't think the, the league's built for him. Honestly, right? Yeah, guys. See, that's perfectly said.
0: Are people prepared for him? Like, off the top of my head, I can't really think of many strikers that have a, so dangerous in so many ways. I've come through the league, obviously, there's, there's got to be some, but right now, like, he's really establishing himself as arguably the best player in the premier league like (sighs) it's an interesting take because on one sense he he doesn't do much away from the ball like he's like you got harry kane for example who's coming in looking for the pass trying to feed everybody else set up other guys where holland's just he's on that last man he's waiting for that ball to come through and i believe yesterday natural hat trick yes so you know, that just shows how dynamic he is. And you were saying he scores in multiple ways. Like when he scored against Crystal, three against Crystal Palace, they were all three different goals. Honestly. Like He's just uh, so fun to watch. And it's fun. It's not even necessarily him that's the fun guy to watch. Like obviously he is. But like just the way City ding it around and he's like, oh, empty net. Holland taps it in. He's like, there he is again.
1: That's exactly it, and and it's crazy to think again that this is his first season in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Like he's month one in month one, done things yeah. that players haven't done in their entire span in the Premier League. Yeah. So that, and I, when you talk about the the way that Man City kind of passes the ball, there was I think the second goal in particular that they scored, uh, it was. Unbelievable. Just go watch it if you haven't seen it. The way they controlled the ball, uh, the way they quickly find each other, one-touch football. I think that this team right now, and I spoke to it on our last episode, above even how mentally tough they are, they're so aware of where they are on the pitch. and each player's strengths. Yeah. This Man City team actually scares me. I might be very wrong with my Real Madrid take. Uh, and, you know, maybe I should have waited a little bit more time to watch City play and I'm fine with being wrong. But this City team, I think the only team who can compete with them might be a very, like, high-class Real Madrid team that we hopefully will see them play each other in a Champions League final.
0: Yeah, I, I hope so. Or even just along the way, anytime. Right? I like... <laughs> I don't want to say this too early, but it feels like the league is gone.
1: I, th- I think it may be.
0: Like, and it's funny we say that because the last two weeks with Palace and Newcastle, they were challenged. Mm-hmm. Like, Newcastle and Crystal Palace, to their respect, they like really gave City games. Like, yep. they were up 2-0 on both teams. And we'll see, I guess. We'll have a better picture when they play a top six team, quote-unquote, Um which is probably pretty soon, I would imagine. I don't have the schedule figured out right totally. in front of me. Here we go. Tottenham is the next game. i uh, sorry, next home game Great. is Tottenham. Then they, they have Villa next. So that's right. We spoke about that one yeah. too late. Good luck. Or George. Aston Villa. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we'll see what kind of goes about. Is a hot start to the season. Like Arsenal have had a great start too. Like we'll see what happens when those two collide. And who knows, like even with Liverpool, they're missing their entire midfield is... Is out for the count right now. Matt Apen as a defender as well. Like, that's a massive hole for them. Even Darwin Nunez, if we want to go down that road as well, like we'll see him. I believe his three games is up now. I think yep. he'll be available next game. So we'll see see what happens there. Like at uh, the point last season, it looked like the season was gone and going in City's favor, and then Liverpool really made a push in the second half of the year. So hopefully, we get a title challenge right now. I don't see it, but I'm hoping.
1: Yeah, what do you think? Because I have this in my notes. I wanted to ask you right now, Arsenal's leading the Premier League, which they've been great. And yep. their game yesterday, they played really good. They should have been they should have been up, I'd say, two, three goals in the first 10 minutes against Aston Villa. And then they, Aston Villa kind of calmed it down, which was good for them. They needed that. Uh, but how long can they hang on to that lead until, you know, the big, big boys who are City come, come banging on their door?
0: Yeah, I think we'll... Um, you see, I'm looking at the schedule. So they have Manchester United at Old Trafford this upcoming Sunday. Can't wait. That'll be a good game. If United win today, I think that'll help it a lot. Then you have Everton at home. Then you have Brentford away. And then a big one on October 1st, Tottenham. So you've got a big derby there. I think that's when we'll get a real good image of what this Arsenal team is about. Even Brentford will give them a game. Like we saw what they did to United. And I think when those big teams go to a team like Brentford, the fans are always up for it. So... These next four games for Arsenal, I think, will really paint a good image of where they're at. I do think they're legit title contenders. Do I think they're good enough to win? Maybe a couple of pieces away. But they're playing like they know how to win. And I think that's the key thing in all of this is confidence is on Arsenal's side right now, and there isn't really a reason to go against them, I don't think. Like, a lot of people are saying how... They haven't played very tough teams. Like to start the season, they had Palace, good team away, good win. Leicester at home, we've now seen what this Leicester team's about. Yeah. It's not as good. Bournemouth, comfortable win. Fulham gave him a challenge. They came from behind, and then Villa yesterday at home, who gave him a game. Like they've had to go through some resilience tests, I think, and they've come out on the other side with with wins and three points. And at the yep. end of the day, like that's what matters in uh, Premier League,
1: hundred percent. And I think resilience wins should count for something. Like even Man City, when everyone's now saying. It's it drives me crazy. They're saying cities only played farmer farmers teams and we've gone from the farmers league to now farmers team, but they've found ways to, Battle back, and we spoke to this last show. Being a goal down, being two goals down, that counts for something. And if Arsenal has been there and done that as well, that counts for something. Gabriel Jesus is also a, an electric player to yeah. watch, and I I remember you saying that you think I, he's one of the best players in the Prem right now.
0: Uh, yeah, when the first few weeks I thought he was easily the best player in the league. He was just he was so excited and I think he is still one of the best at the was, moment.
1: He was uh, feeling it yesterday, so th- that's a you know it's a team that I always get excited when I talk to Arsenal fans, there was an Arsenal fan here in the office the other day. I said, it must be an exciting time for you guys right now, but there's, it's so funny to hear it because there's trauma around Arsenal fans mm. and they're like, yeah, but this is how it always starts. We don't know how, we don't know how it's going to end, but I think this year's different. It,
0: it feels different. Yeah. It feels like Arteta's got his tactics in place yeah. and you know, it's just, it's working too well for it to go horribly wrong. It, f- it almost feels like, <laughs> you know, like for you guys. by no means do I think Arsenal are going to win 38 games, but I don't think there's a reason to think they won't finish yeah. in the top three at the moment, especially when you see the way Chelsea have rolled into yeah. the season and like Tottenham. Yes, they're undefeated, but I feel like they're still going through growing pains with Conte a little bit. And City, like we spoke about. Unbelievable. And that kind of leaves Arsenal just kind of waiting there being like, well, what about us? Why can't we be the team that goes above those three teams and really challenges City for the title? Like Liverpool, like who knows when all their players are going to come back fully fit. And now here we are again. There's five teams and three of them have massive question marks. And then Arsenal and City is like, "Okay, well, you're both playing really well. So why shouldn't we believe in both of you?
1: Arsenal definitely deserve to be in the conversation. We'll get to Liverpool and Newcastle in just one second because Liverpool fans hate me right now. (laughs) And honestly, it's crazy because I don't hate Liverpool. I just talk about the game the way I see it. yeah, And I don't know if they like it, but that's not my fault. They should be unhappy with their team. I was going to say, if they don't like it, then... (laughs) they should be better. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Okay, but firstly, before we move on, I just kind of want to say one thing about the quote-unquote Farmers League comments that players get. When Erling Holland was at Dortmund, he scored almost one goal per game. Mm -hmm. When Lewandowski played for Bayern Munich, he broke a Bundesliga scoring record and scored the five goals in nine minutes. When these guys do that, everyone say it's it's because they play in a farmer's league. Now Holland is in the best league in the entire world and he's making everyone around him look like children. Lewandowski is playing in La Liga and has four goals in three games. Everyone needs to stop with the farmer's league narrative and sit back and maybe just realize that no matter what league these guys are in, we have the privilege to watch footballers Put in work and become unbelievable players. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, and I'm so tired of just equating a player's or team's success to the league that they're in. And these guys are right now proof that it can be done in any league.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? As long as they go to a different league and prove that it can be done, then yeah, like not to shit on Messi a little bit, but like he went to a league Un and couldn't get it done right away. Six goals
1: in his first season. You know, like he
0: obviously still played well and he had his 14 assists, I believe it was, but sometimes it's difficult to transition into these leagues. hundred. Premier League to Bundesliga, like it's kind of becoming a bit of a feeder league, I feel like in in a small way. And for Holland to come into the Premier League and do what he's doing, like, like you said, like no one's scored seven goals in August before and he's just doing it. And then you get Lewandowski and it just shows the quality of these players. And, how good they truly are and how special they are and how much we should actually appreciate what they're able to do on a weekly basis.
1: 1,000%, because if you hear back-to-back hat tricks in the Premier League, which we know when you play football, football's not like hockey, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's very hard to score one goal, let alone three, let alone in back-to-back games. You could sit back and say, oh, yeah, that's a farmer's league. What was was, was the other team's back line even there? But no, we know that the Prem, and this is a league where... Any team can do anything. We saw it with Leicester is a good league. And these guys are just phenomenal footballers. So I just, I'm tired of the Farmers League comments. And even look at Neymar, what he's doing this season. Yes, is league maybe not as dominant as other leagues across across Europe? Sure, but that doesn't take away from what Neymar is doing.
0: Yeah, and I think the whole Farmers League conversation is really getting out of hand. I agree. <laughs> um, like you said, like, we're getting to Farmers teams now, and it's just like, are we really at this level? Honestly. Where, um, at the end of the day, like, yes, I think a league like the Bundesliga is struggling with its identity of competitiveness for a championship every single year, like Bayern Munich is walking away with it. There's yep. no arguing that point. However, I think when you actually look around, it's, it's really competitive throughout the league itself. I said it a couple of weeks ago on a you look at La Liga as well, I like, you know what, I think La Liga is becoming more messy than Bundesliga, to yeah. be honest, Like I think in the, in in La Liga, you even get teams like Sevilla now we were dropping off because they just came players poached for the Premier League, and it's an interesting thing. At the end of the day, it all comes down to money yeah. with these <laughs> leagues, and the Premier League is absolutely stacked with money right now. Like, Nottingham Forest are uh, getting players are being speculated with players who like play, supposed to play in the Champions League. Mm. It's like, now you're going to Nottingham Forest for the opportunity to just be in the league and have more eyes yep. on you. Become a, Like even yesterday, um, West Ham signed a player from Lyon. It's like, well, he was Lyon's best player and Wolves are getting players from Sporting. It's like, well, he was in the Champions League. Like yep. Why is he going there? And it's just, these other leagues can't compete with the Premier League on that level financially. And it's damaging those leagues. But if you take that away, I think the appreciation of these leagues aren't farmers' leagues. There's actually a lot of competition outside of different things. And if we really want to call it a farmers' league, like why is the Premier League not a farmers' league? Then at the end of the day, like City and Liverpool are the best two teams in the league, supposedly. And like they ran away with a league last year and we have this big six. It's like, well, I don't know if, Six teams can win the Premier League every year.
1: You know what? It's perfectly said. And I'm so curious to see if, if City runs away with the league title way ahead of any other team and earlier than anyone expected. What's going to be, you know, what, what is everyone going to say about that? Yeah,
0: I'm with we'll you. it. We'll see. Like I said, like we were kind of talking yesterday. It was like, Oh, well, is Holland going to get 20 goals before the World Cup break? Like if he does, what does it say about the Premier League at this point? Like, you know, with, I, I love the Premier League. I do believe that yes. on any given week. Anybody can beat anybody. That's why we love it. But right now we're seeing City just absolutely roll over Bournemouth and Forest, who are new teams in the league. And even Liverpool last week with Bournemouth just absolutely dominating them. And it's just like, you know, like, I think it's an interesting conversation. We'll have a way better picture in like 10 or 15 games. But right now, I think it's something to keep an eye on.
1: 100. 100%. And just... Holland, I think that if he can... When I said my take before the the league, like the the season started saying 26 goals, I was like, okay, maybe I'm reaching a little. I think I said 24. Yeah, I was like, maybe I'm reaching. But now I'm like, this guy could... If he keeps this up...
0: it's going to be... I think the last person to score 30 in the Premier League was Luis Suarez. Was it Hey, I think it was. And he just
1: broke Suarez's record yesterday.
0: Yeah. So So maybe he's breaking another Suarez record. Let me double check on that. But I believe Suarez scored... 32 one year and I was the last person. It's, it is incredibly hard to score 30 in the Premier League. I, I think for a long time, only um, Kevin Phillips, who played for Sunderland, was the last player. It was the first player to do it. So Suarez, sorry, Salah, of course, scored 32 in 2018. Okay. Before that, it was Suarez in 2014. Van Persie's done it. Oh, Van Persie. Ronaldo's done it. Henry's done it.
1: The biggest names. The yeah. biggest names in football so have done
0: it. Only only five players have done it.
1: And these are elite status, like legendary status players. Yeah.
0: Andy Cole, Alan Shearer, Mo Salah, Cristiano Alan Ronaldo, Scherrer. Suarez, and Kevin Phillips. Kevin <laughs> Phillips is just a good Premier League player. <laughs> good old scored, Kevin Phillips. He's got 30 goals <laughs> <one year. laughs>
1: His claim to fame. Um, all right. Liverpool, Newcastle. Yes. My team. Your team talk to me Liam are you proud of them are you proud of the performance slash how much money did Liverpool pay the refs <laughs> <laughs> kidding guys Liverpool fans don't come for me um
0: I think when you look at the Newcastle team that they went in with like saint Maximum didn't play Bruno didn't play in the midfield even the um, the two center backs were out of the game as well yeah. like, there was a lot of change to the team and literally took last kick of the game to win i think newcastle have a lot to take away from the game and this was something i was worried about someone commented it in my tiktok that i put out about newcastle being a good like champ pushing for a champions league spot but not quite getting there he said that like this team probably doesn't have enough depth right now and i don't think he's wrong like you look at the team they played yesterday like ryan fraser played for them sean long stuff like these guys aren't European quality players, but I think the X factor is Eddie Howe with the manager and he, they put out a great performance with a weakened team against a Liverpool team, which to be fair, was also weak. They were missing probably four (sighs) players, but at the end of the day, like Newcastle were like 16th or something last season until the money came in with these players. They shouldn't be going to Anfield and getting a 98th minute, lost put on their hands
1: man you know and again my dad's the biggest liverpool fan so i will never ever talk too much shit on them but i'm tired of the injuries excuse because even your team when it's not fully stacked should be putting on a better, better performance like when you look mm. at the players they still out on the pitch they should be winning the game
0: yeah i i agree you with know? you as well so stop
1: with the injuries because yeah it sucks and of course the team's dealing with adversity but you're looking at the players that they have they should be No offense to Newcastle, but based on the year that they had last year, they should be figuring it out in games like that.
0: Yeah, and there's a big thing for me that I even tweeted about this. This So annoyed I was. Tell me the tweet. So I probably turned on the game shortly after Alexander Isaac scored for Newcastle, and to be, I like this is not nothing. I'm saying is like wrong in the sense of what happened, but like Newcastle players were on the ground a lot, like wasting time. Yeah. Cramping, like every time there was contact, they went down. Um, and Liverpool didn't like it. They were like trying to pick players up off the ground and like yelling at the ref and stuff. is like, did everyone just forget on Saturday when Fabio Carvalho was rolling around in the box and it was 9 nil Love it. The disrespect that showed was unbelievable. I love I, that you said that. I couldn't believe it. And then I mentioned it on Tuesday too, like Bournemouth's goalie goes to pick him up and he clearly says something to him, like get up. I'm sure it wasn't that polite. but And then he gets up immediately. It's like, you want to roll around and complain and all this stuff when you don't get the calls, but when somebody else does it, it's like completely wrong. It's like, no, 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 no. Like this isn't a double standard. Just because you've won the Premier League once, it doesn't give you any kind of extra privileges or anything like that. You are just Liverpool versus Newcastle. There is equal equality on the field. And it's given in every sense. And Liverpool, just quit complaining. Go win games. You're supposed to be the second best team in the league and you can't even beat, you can barely beat, sorry, a reserve Newcastle team.
1: Yeah, you know, I just love that you said that. And again, no disrespect to this Liverpool team, but I just feel like it's our job to talk about the facts. And the facts are um, that... Oh, I don't want to say this so it's they just seem like a little they want they're a little whiny, whiny to me they're a, they're the whiny child of the Premier League
0: and it's the leaders that are doing it like Jordan Henderson is brutal for it I Milner Millers started on him he, he, he was doing it to his teammates usually he's pretty level-headed but I noticed it like when you we were talking about them the other week against United and it's just like what are we doing here you know like you are supposed to be winning these games comfortably and you are just, I am sure it's a level of frustration with themselves because they know they're underachieving, yeah. but it shouldn't take 98 minutes to beat a reserve Newcastle team right now.
1: hundred percent. And also, you know, I, I dissected kind of the goal that Newcastle scored yesterday and I just am very curious to see how Liverpool will play against a really good, good team with a, with a very good attacking line. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that sometimes teams will get up for those big games. And again, no disrespect to Liverpool because it is still early in the season. They can figure it out. That goal in particular, like Alexander Arnold giving it away so badly. It was such a bad pass right into the middle of the park. Van Dyke, you know, I'm I'm a fan of Van Dyke, but I just want more urgency from him. Like it's almost like he's going at half speed. And then I just the slotted ball through the back line. It just, the way teams are finding ways to score against Liverpool is way too easy for me, knowing the year that they had last year where they could have won the quadruple. It's just kind of that they've set such a high standard for me and such a high bar that I'm watching certain moments this year and how teams are just walking through them. And I'm very confused and they need to figure out that back line and even almost that midfield line before they start playing these top dogs.
0: Yeah. Um, I think missing Joe Matip is big for them. I think he's quickly becoming better than Van Dijk. Joe Joe Gomez is a very interesting case because he's just been plagued of injuries. And before that, he was a pretty good defender. But him coming back, there was all these stories about him possibly being in the England squad and stuff like that for the World Cup. I just don't see how he's even in the conversation at all. Like, if they have his name on the whiteboard right now, like, throw it out. Like, get it off the board and credit to Andy Robertson because I don't I, like I don't know if I've seen like one negative word against him and I, it's this this whole stigma against Trent where he's just a bad defender which is fair like he hasn't really set anybody's views differently at the moment and you never hear about Andy Robertson like they never attack left backs they always attack the right back and it's usually Trent and I think it's just a credit to how good he actually is and we've we've spoken about who the best left back in the world is quite often actually on this show. Yeah, it's too in. much,
1: maybe. <laughs> and
0: Andy Robinson is right in that conversation. Yeah, like he maybe is, he's an underrated one. He, he, I think he's underappreciated, definitely. Yeah. And I like him, but yeah, as a whole, Liverpool need to be better. And especially Fabinho, like Fabinho, such an interesting player because yes, he makes it different on the field, but like when he's off his game, he is he makes a terrible impact on the field. It's, He's an interesting case. We'll have to keep tracking him. Like they have Everton this weekend, which is massive game. As you said, derby. Then Wolves at home, and then Chelsea away.
1: And Champions League. Intra- oh yeah, and Napoli Champions League. and Ajax. Those are maybe yeah. those are games where they'll be tested a little bit more against teams. These also Napoli and Ajax are two teams that aren't necessarily like the hardcore favorites. Mm-hmm. So they could surprise them a little bit with the talent that they have in their starting eleven.
0: I think. <laughs> The more I think about these Champions League groups, especially Group A, I, I love Group A I so love, much. We said that. Group yeah. A is a
1: sleeper group that is, like, low-key, the maybe most competitive. Yeah. I
0: I don't know if an away team is going to go to one of these places, whether it's Napoli, Ajax, Liverpool, all Rangers, and win. Yeah. Like, I think we, like, they will obviously be some, but it's going to be so, so difficult for any of these teams to win away from home. Like, I th- I really don't know how this group's going to go. And the reason why is the home field advantage.
1: It's huge. I can't wait. There's never
0: been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan
1: that's right for you. I just want to say that when refs say five minutes of added time, it should end right at the five minute mark. Because to have seven or eight minutes of additional time is nuts to me. There's no way that a team deserves to have that much added time. And Liverpool obviously putting everything away in the 97th or 98th minute. It's just so unfortunate for Newcastle. Um, am I happy to see teams do it because do I love a dramatic ending? Of course, I felt the same way with Tottenham, Chelsea. I'm not a fan of any of these teams. So it's fun for me just as a football fan to witness. Uh, but man, there's got to be more of a rule. Like in hockey, when when the time's up, there's a there's a siren, it goes off, it's done. Refs make it way too subjective.
0: Yeah. And do you know what the worst part about that goal was is how it could have been so avoided if they didn't try and clear it. Like if Nick Pope had got that ball in his hands instead of it being flicked away from him, which I don't even think is anyone's fault, to be honest, it's instinctual. The game would have just been over at that point. But yeah, the the extra, the extra time and added time is always a weird thing for me <laughs> because it's just like, well, why did you even pick that? And I understand it's supposed to be like added time within the added time, I suppose, if something happens, but then we could play all day.
1: Honestly, is 90 like, minutes not enough?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, I, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because I think sometimes it is necessary with stuff. So what it's supposed to be is, if there's a goal, you're supposed to add an extra 30 seconds because of celebration time and stuff like that. Which kills me. Substitutions are supposed to be like that too. So it's like, okay, well, you add that up and I suppose like with VAR now, we can miss half the damn game if <laughs> that Honestly. stuff. So I think, I think, Obviously, extra time is needed in that sense, but don't add extra time to the extra time. Just play the play what you said and just go with it. And if I, the only time I am usually okay with it is if it hits ninety five, but a team's like on the attack, yes, that's fine. But you know, Newcastle had the ball in Liverpool's end in like ninety six minutes. It's like. Blow it up then, Aww. like as soon as the ball gets turned over, it's like, hey, game over, one-one, good game, everybody, time to go home.
1: I even think added time is just a scam. Like I think it's such a scam unless it's really valid. I mean, what was that the Euro Cup where that was horrible? That one player went down. Was it on Denmark?
0: Oh yeah, the Christian Eriksson. It was terrible. Yeah.
1: So that I understand that that took a while. You know, players need time to regroup, get their emotions in check. I understand that, but. I understand with VAR and, and maybe even substitutions, but goal celebrations is a part of the game. It's the ref's job to get everyone to the half, start the game. Uh, you know, if, if there's a bad injury, stop your clock. But to have an additional seven, eight minutes, what has to happen in the game to get an additional... I bet you any money, if we added it all up, it wouldn't have equaled eight minutes.
0: No. So would you suggest adding a stop time?
1: Yeah, I would. Yeah.
0: So in rugby, um, this is the, they do have stop time. You can okay. stop the clock. However... If a player gets injured, the play doesn't stop. The physio just comes onto the field and starts attending to them. So sometimes they'll literally be like right next to the play that you'll see on the TV. Like someone's getting worked on. So it's like, it's interesting. I wonder if there's a way football could incorporate that too. But football is such an interesting sport in the sense of traditions. People don't want to sway away from what it is about. Like even VAR is so controversial. and. (laughs) It's funny because it's ruined so many games in the past without it. We've spoke about it before, but yeah, I don't know i I'm not against out of time, I'm against out of time in out of time,
1: yeah, I mean that's just, my it, thing. It's just a it's a snowball effect at this point, and yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean that sucks for Newcastle, but. They they also should have been better in the in the yep. dying minutes of the game right so it goes both ways but Liverpool got very lucky that's all I'm gonna say they got very very, very lucky luck. and did. a win that they desperately needed if they tied that game it would have been bad
0: that's a it's a big one yeah like I said like that's such a momentum win with the what they've how they've played and like you know we'll see what happens next especially going from a nine nil to a. Push into the last second it's uh, it's a funny it's one it's
1: the best point okay Arsenal Aston Villa uh I I started watching this game like I said and then I turned it off because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to miss the theatrics of Erling Holland. uh Aston Villa I know that I said that Arsenal uh kind of went hot out of the gate had a few really good chances off the get but Aston Villa did a pretty good job Liam from what I've read and what I've seen on highlights staying into the game and obviously the score reflects that too
0: yeah, I think the fact they were able to stay with it for so long and keep like it was 2-1 game. But the thing you really just hate to see about it is you get the goal and did you see the goal, the corner goal? Yes. So they yeah. just did that the week before against Bolton. The same player did it. So Aston Villa put out a video of him practicing this. Oh, nice. So a lot of people were calling it a fluky goal. And he definitely is fluky, but... This is something they practice quite often by the looks of it. So,
1: so you can't call that fluky.
0: It, it's, it's fluky in the sense of it rarely happens in the game. But for that player to do it in basically the past 10, twice in 10 days, isn't fluky. No, if it's that like- makes any sense at all. But to just throw it all away, literally two minutes later, I know. with just some horrible defending from Matty Cash, like just let Martinelli go. And that's kind of the stuff that's plaguing... Villa right now is just mistakes after mistake after mistake. And it's just like, when is this unfortunate yeah. run for them going to kind of come to an end and pick up some wins? But on a positive spin, you went to the Emirates Stadium, put together a, a good, yep. good game-ish, I guess you can call it, an improved performance. Like, you still didn't get a lot of offense going, only four shots in the game, yep. no big chances. But they need to be better. It's not going to get easier with City this weekend away. But like we said... I think this next five games now for Gerard is huge. <laughs> we'll see. They really, really need it to get something against this team. And I think they got a little bit of just momentum. And um, I don't know. It's hard to say what this team is. I suppose. Okay.
1: So if Steven Gerrard's coaching Bolton, yes, which is your oh, team, yes. Okay.
0: And if he does, that means Bolton are in the Premier League. So yeah, okay. Like <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so let's say
1: that, but let's just say Bolton right now is Aston Villa. And they played Arsenal, and they did a pretty good job. Yep. Better than probably what people expected. Mistakes. But at the end of the day, got the got the L. They didn't get the three points that they needed. Are you taking into consideration as a fan that that game looked better going into Manchester City? Or are you like, that's another loss for us, and we're about to get blown out again against Manchester City, and we need a change in our manager?
0: Um. Honestly, if I when I answered the question about Jared, I tried to put myself in a Villa okay. fan suit. So I just don't even take it as anything. Like I, I take it as we went there and we kind of got what we expected, We okay. played probably a little bit better. To me, these two games just don't even matter. Like, and that sounds when I looked to the when I would have looked to the fixture list to start the season, I wouldn't have thought okay we would have one win in our first five games. I would have looked at it being like, okay, well, we play Bournemouth, Everson, and Crystal Palace. We can okay. at least win two of those. And then we have three tough ones in West Ham, Arsenal, and City. But then you're like, okay, well, at least we have two wins and there's some momentum. Now that's different because you have one win and you have no momentum. And now you're playing the best team in the world. So to answer the question... I would say, no, I'm not looking for a managerial change yet. I'm still waiting for these next games and hoping. Like that's, But then again, Southampton just beat Chelsea. So clearly yeah. these teams can yes. be being from teams who are lower on the end of the table. But again, Villa's team is good enough to be competing for a European spot like Europa League Conference League. They're not competing with Arsenal and City right now.
1: I love that because to me, you're a realistic fan, which I've been reading a lot of comments. There's a hashtag right now saying Gerard out. Like a lot of Aston Villa fans, do, they said despite the legacy he had as a player, he's not doing it for us as a manager and they want him out. But you're seeing this from a real, realistic perspective and that, you know, it's been a little bit, these next two games don't really matter and he probably deserves a little bit more time before they pull the trigger on him.
0: I just think that's the way. The board's going to approach it too.
1: Hopefully. I, like they've
0: invested so much money in him with his name value and the players they've brought in that you've just got to look at this and be like, okay, do we want to pay this guy out? We just hired him. And I don't think they want to do that. Like, I Again, these next three games, four games after City is what's going to make or break their yep. ad.
1: Love it. Uh, you mentioned Chelsea, Southampton. Yes. It's funny because when I made, what was it last week? I said that Southampton was going to beat United.
0: Yeah. Uh, Crystal Palace. Would,
1: oh no, you just said. Yeah. yeah. I, I was, I was, I was my hot was take and um, my, one of my nine hot was takes that week. And, yeah, last was like, week. <laughs> like stuff's going to happen this weekend. Everyone was like, how could you pick Southampton? And I'm just like, I'm not sold on United, which I believe they only won one nothing. Yeah.
0: It was, and it was super even. Yes. Either way.
1: So I'm very, it was very interesting to see. Southampton beat Chelsea, Mr. You know, defensive, the Mr. Defensive team of the Premier yeah. League. Uh, maybe Southampton deserves a little bit of more attention. And, and Chelsea, terrible, terrible, terrible loss. And they had a bad loss against Leeds. And here we are again with another one.
0: So, under uh, on Tuchel, uh, what, see we talk about Chelsea, City, Liverpool. They're all running through my head. They're all blue. I'm just kidding. Che- yeah. Chelsea hadn't got lost a set in the second half. They they hadn't gone into halftime with a, a um, being, down, being a down a goal. Okay. Now they've done it in back-to-back weeks. Wow. Against opponents that were both in relegation battles last season. They're a very interesting team and Tuchel seems to keep using the excuse of, I need more players. I need this. I need that. It's like, well, you've spent a lot of money in this transfer window. And this is also a very similar team to what you won the Champions League with. And it's just a, it's an interesting it's an interesting saying a quote from him because you're he, he like Kai Havertz doesn't have a goal this season he's good yeah. for usually like a goal every four games which isn't a very good rate for a striker. And I look at it and I feel like they've just put themselves in this situation from the players they've moved on from. Like today they signed Aubameyang from Barcelona, but I would consider him a downgrade over what they've had under Tuchel with Tammy Abraham, Lukaku, like. Werner maybe didn't work out as you expected but gave you a good effort he's probably had more goals disallowed than anybody ever in the Premier League to be honest it's felt like every week he had a goal taken away and it's an interesting group for Chelsea and to lose against Southampton who a lot of people had going down to start the season and now you're looking at them like okay well you put in a good performance against United, you come from behind against Leeds and get a point, you know. And I believe they even beat Leicester. I'm trying to figure out who they played so far this season. There it is. So they've beat Leicester 2-1. They lost to Spurs, didn't look good first game of the season, drew 2 2, lost 1-0 to United. And now just beat Southampton and I uh, sorry, they beat Chelsea. And they're a young team. They got a lot of good players. And I think they actually might have enough to stay in the Premier League this season. I don't think they're going to be safe for most of the year. I feel like they'll be like 16th, 17th. But from a Chelsea thing, like, you got to figure this out quick because sooner or later, like, those Champions League spots are, like, slowly slipping away from you.
1: That's what, you know, when we were going through our Champions League show, uh, I was like, my most overhyped team is Chelsea because in tournaments like Champions League, I mean, teams have done it. We saw Greece play in the Euro Cup defense for the entire thing and end up yep. winning it. Yeah, But it's unlikely. That's like one of the only examples I can think of. Yeah, Chelsea going into a Champions League tournament with clubs that are playing on another level right now, players that are playing on another level right now, you can't play just solid 90 minutes defense every single game, especially when your defense, there's, there's holes in it. Because the Leeds are finding a way to score. Southampton's finding a way to score. What are you going to do? Uh, this is a good thing for me being an AC Milan fan. You know, what are you going to do when you have a top team in, in Italy um, or another Premier League or a top team in Spain like Real Madrid take, take you on? It's going to be tough.
0: I think it's now, it's now back-to-back games. Koulibaly has not played well. Which is and, interesting
1: because he played so well against Tottenham.
0: Yeah, he was really good against Tottenham, but now he just—it's weird. It seems like he's really struggling with the pace. Huh. Of the way people are going against him, like his red card was too stupid. I fouls, know. and the second one was just ridiculous. Like, why do you need to grab that guy and kind of wrestle him down? And. I don't know. Like they obviously have a ton of good players, but their issue is they're not scoring goals. You need they're Not that. scoring. Like Aubameyang, yes, has a proven track record of being able to score goals in the Premier League. So I think he'll actually be okay. I'd be curious to see what this means for Kai Havertz now. Like he's got to go to the bench. Like he's just not performing. Sterling got off the mark the other week too. And then Mason Mount doesn't have a goal yet, but he's actually playing well. And it's just, I do think it'll come together for them but it has to happen sooner rather than later. And then you're and you look around and you're like, well, what does this mean for Tuchel? Like, yeah. is he on his last legs? Like, I don't I don't know, but he seems very
1: defensive. Yes, I I, I totally agree with that comment. Yeah, and
0: I don't know. There is such an interesting team because right now we've had United go through the ring of this yeah. season, Liverpool, and now it's Chelsea's turn. And the way they've spent money too seems intriguing to me because I feel like they could have gone out and maybe got a better striker instead of getting like Kukurella. Yeah. Like, and we, I like him a lot. We like Cucurella, yeah. It's a lot of money to spend on a right back when you have Reese James. And now he's playing left back for them. And it, I don't know. They're an interesting team. They've spent a lot of money. They're underachieving and they have to get better. Well, That's the three points of Chelsea.
1: <laughs> when I was growing up, one of my favorite teams to watch was the Italian national team and obviously AC Milan and it's because the way that these teams were coached was solid zonal defending. I think Italy might have been one of the best zonal defending teams I've ever watched play, but they also had teams on their uh, players on their team who could get the job done offensively. Remember Del Piero? Yep. You know, there there was Low always was was in the attack. There were guys on their team that while they did a very solid job defensively, there were guys who could do the job offensively. And to be one of the best clubs or best teams in the world, you need to have that balance.
0: Yeah, that, and that's the key, isn't it? And I think sometimes these managers struggle to find that when, like, oh, we're going to play good yeah. defensive football. Like, Mourinho is known for being yeah. a good defensive manager, yep. but he also had Drogba. Yeah. who oh, would t- score him goals and- all the time and like was maybe kind of undervalued, I So suppose, undervalued. But Drogba would score goals. Lampard would contribute yeah. quite heavily. Yeah. And teams just uh, seem, like you said, like they're just... Find it difficult to find a balance between that and it's like yes it's good to have good defense but also if you're not scoring goals you're not winning games what's the point yeah so what does it matter at the end of the day so we'll see i do think chelsea will be fine but next they have west ham then they have another derby in fulham and then they have liverpool and crystal palace and obviously champions league games mixed in there too like it's another tough run of games and What are are they going to do in like two weeks if they keep
1: losing? Which is so fun for us because we get to to watch it all and dissect it. Uh, You bring up them having West Ham up next who just tied Tottenham. You guys know since episode one, I've been for some reason, I don't care about West Ham, but this year I seem to care. Um, They, you know, they drew against Tottenham 1-1. I did not watch the game. I watched the highlights, which I think Tottenham probably had most of the possession, but, for them to to find a way to score that goal against Tottenham, I think hopefully says a little bit about this team that they're that they're in the fight. Um, and and Liam, I said that said this to you off camera. I'm not overly sold on Tottenham, and I don't know what it is because, of course, they have such incredibly talented players and a talented manager. I love their manager, but I'm just even when I think of Champions League, Tottenham does not pop into my head, and I don't know if I'm going to be extremely wrong about that. I'm just not sold on them.
0: They're definitely under, underachieving, I guess. And as we say that, I don't think they've lost a game this season, which is funny. And I just don't think they're playing at the capability of what they're capable of doing yet. But I also think that's a case of getting used to Conte. And what? he's a very demanding manager. Like There was a quote I saw the other day with uh, Kulizewski, and it was about Conte. And he said, you are not here to have fun. You are here to win football games. I love, I love hard ass coaches. That is so intense. Love and it. it's similar with his. Like he talked about his depth of his team, which is kind of ironic because now he's not using his bench at all. Yeah, and he said when they play next, uh, I believe they play Fulham. Yeah, Fulham this weekend. There'll be a lot of changes to the team, but it's. I think they're missing some players right now. Like defending, like Sanchez is just not good enough, in my opinion. Like, he's just, he's the reason he's a backup. And I think Romero, when he comes back, will make a big difference. And they're allowing strange goals. Um, But they also have one of the best attacking three in the league. And Son doesn't have a goal yet this season, I don't think. Or maybe he scored last week. I can't remember. But either way, like, he's not scoring at the rate he should be and oh what I was thinking of he would have scored but it was an own goal against okay, West time that's okay, what okay. he was so they just need to be more clinical they need to just dominate games more I feel like
1: but you know and then to even play devil's advocate to myself it is so early on and one of the things that I love to see about a team in a league or 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 in a tournament the most is when they start slow I think sometimes a slow burn is better and I think peaking at the right moment is when it matters. Right now we're seeing city blow everyone out, but what matters is champions league, you know, quarter semifinals and finals. Uh, So maybe Tottenham's kind of doing their thing. Like you said, they haven't lost a game yet. And by the time they could potentially be in a champions league position of being in a quarter final or semifinal, we're seeing them play their best football. So I don't know. I, I'm, I, I have this gut feeling, but I could be very, very wrong.
0: I think that's a good way to look at it is, Yeah, they haven't haven't lost. So what's what's the negative? Who the hell uh, am
1: I to say anything? I'm just a crazy lady who has a gut
0: feeling. (laughs) And you look at the games, they have won. Like Southampton was an earned win. Um, When they beat Nottingham Forest the other day, I don't think that was an earned win. They just took took their opportunities and won. Wolves, they got another one from Harry Kane. West Ham, tough game to go to, especially away. Like they've got good results. Mm -hmm. The two draws are both away from home. They've took care of business at home, and that's that's what they say, right? Like you got to win your home games. Exactly. And they're doing that, and they're getting results against good top table teams. And here we are, somewhat complaining about them, which is quite funny. Wait. And it's, it, I think it's fair though. I think yeah. it's justified because I think they are better than what they're showing yep. at the end of the day. And Son needs to start scoring. I think once that starts happening, then everything's going to start clicking. And Harry Kane scored. You know, he had only scored two goals in August. Like, no more than two goals in August in the Premier League before. Well, now he has four? That's five, he has I four. I just yeah. pulled him
1: up. Four goals, and I'm assuming, what, four games? Yep. So yep. He, he's right two now against Forest. third in the Prem for goals. But I want to ask you, why does everyone hate on Harry Kane when he's in the conversation for one of the best goal scorers in not only the Prem in Europe? Because doesn't he deserve to be in the conversation. Yeah, definitely. Everyone hates on him.
0: It is weird. It's, um, I think it's cause he doesn't have the flash.
1: Maybe, you know, like but I like that.
0: I, I like that too. Like he, he's just a little different from the other goal scorers in the world. Right. Like, like, um, he likes to really hang back and play almost like a false nine striker, but also obviously a deadly striker, yeah. striker as well. But like Benzema doesn't do that. Lewandowski doesn't. Haaland doesn't. And it's just, it's, it's very interesting how, yeah, he like goes to these world cups and he wins a golden boot. And it's like, Oh, well he only scored goals against Panama and Tunisia. It's like,
1: don't even get me started on this conversation. He's
0: scoring goals. Farmer's team. Yeah. Isn't that his job? Like, and yeah, I think he is undervalued for what he actually Uh brings to the world of football and Tottenham. And he's their best player. He is. And he's, he's probably one of the best strikers in the premier league. And, it's him in Holland, I think.
1: I remember seeing a TikTok and this one guy who's English was just absolutely ripping him to shreds saying he shouldn't be in any type of conversation like this. And I remember looking at Kane's stat at that point in time and I'm like, this guy puts up numbers. What are, what are, yeah. when, when stats are so valuable in sports, because I always say midfielders don't get enough credit for what they do because they don't necessarily score the goals. When you look at on the flip side and Harry Kane actually does have the numbers, how is he being so disrespected?
0: Fifty goals in seventy-three games for England. I mean, come on, that's crazy. That is actually. crazy.
1: I don't know, and I agree. Maybe he's not that. He's not your flashy guy, but I respect that more. I like the 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 humble, modest. At The end of the
0: day, I don't care how you put the ball in; I just put it in. Just
1: honestly, yeah. There
0: was a, a player who played for Bolton, Kevin Davis, and he. I don't know if he scored a flashy goal his entire career. Every single one was just kind of a hard worked goal and a blue collar goal that's exactly it. what he was and just got it done he was he scored 100 goals in the premier league i believe and i'm um, close if anything put the ball in the net who All cares that should end the conversation honestly, honest. like, honestly the what more do you even mean be talking about <laughs>
1: like, totally on the same page we need to put some respect on harry kane's name uh last but not least liam drake and lebron investing in ac milan yeah Very random. Very random. But good, I think. I, do you have... Yeah, I have some notes. So this is straight out of an article, so I'm not going to mess this up. An LA-based investment firm called Main Street Advisors includes Drake and LeBron, and they are all closing in on a deal to purchase AC Milan uh, for over $1.2 billion US. So I love this one because I'm an AC Milan fan. And Drake is directly connected to Canada, which means Mm -hmm. more exposure Of football in Canada, and LeBron is, my opinion, the greatest athlete of all time, especially in basketball. You could put the reason I say that is because I think you could put LeBron in any sport in the world in any league, and he would. I'm not saying he'd be the best, but he could play. He could compete. Be a football player. He could be like a football slash soccer player. He could be a tennis player. This guy's unreal athletic. He already has invested in Liverpool, so I think that they know what they're doing. He's he's an athlete himself. And I just love the exposure it's going to bring to the Italian club, to Serie A, and vice versa to North America.
0: Yeah, that's my thing about it is what does this do now for the Italian game in the U.S. and Canada? Hopefully good. Like, I would love to, like, we, we actually get pretty good access to it, to be fair, like, to all the leagues. But I would like to see them maybe on the news a little bit more. And yeah. I think this could really, that, do you know what? The key to the world is, the world of sports, especially football, is Get it in the US and you'll thrive. And it's it'll be interesting. And it's a great time too because Syria is definitely on the rise. There's a lot of good teams in the league. And that's what makes the Premier League so good. And I think that's why North American people like it because on any given weekend, like anybody can win. And I think Syria is kind of getting in that conversation a little bit now. And it definitely just needs some more financial backing for the lower end teams. But perhaps this is what pushes yeah. it over the edge. And yeah, Drake and LeBron, they two probably two of the biggest stars in right? North America and the world. So.
1: I, I love it. And you know what? Um, I'm really rooting for the Italian clubs and champions league this year because mm. I want Setia to get more respect.
0: Yeah. I would like to see it too. And you know what? I think there's a lot of good players. I do too. And I think there's a lot of under, underappreciated players and it's, it's funny, actually, in a way that Syria is on the rise, and Italy just didn't qualify for the World oh, Cup. It's like kind of a little, little, ironic, I suppose. Oh, I know, but and
1: how they tried to like squirm their way back oh, in. I'm like, there's. I think yeah. I, we were talking about yeah. this was before we even had any idea about kicked back and, and and talking football. But Liam and I were like, if that happens,
0: such garbage. It
1: would have been garbage. It would
0: have been it, like I can't, I can't even believe it was in the conversation because they literally. Lost to North Macedonia, and North Macedonia went in the conversation. <laughs> it I mean, just just shows why uh, this sport can be sometimes. Uh, I could go all day, but no, too. I won't. I promise. No, oh my <laughs>
1: gosh, we love it. All right, everyone. Episode nine, it's in the books. We'll see you next week and enjoy all of the football matches this weekend. That's a wrap for another episode of Kicked Back, and thanks so much for listening. You can catch Caroline and Liam here every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give you the latest rundown on all things football. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a nice five star rating. Please and thank you. And for even more Kicked Back content, follow the 90th minute on all your favorite social channels. See you next time. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.